0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service an invitation to the world. Each week, we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fall Hipper, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. There's an old adage that I learned from an incredible writer named Parker Palmer, who's um, just an incredible teacher. He he says, when you know who you are, you will know what to do. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. Which is a very different thing than um, when you understand all of the nuance of any situation, you'll know what to do. When you have a strong feeling about something, you will know what to do. Or when you're no longer anxious about something, you will know what to do. Or when you aren't overwhelmed by everything happening in the world, you might know what to do. It's very different to say when you know who you are, you will know what to do. Earlier this week, I had a series of really great conversations about prayer um, over Zoom, over meals, and even on a walk through the Legacy Park down in Decatur. I had opportunities to think with other people about what prayer is, how prayer might impact the world, how prayer might impact God, or how prayer might impact me, or even how prayer might impact the individuals that I pray for. On a regular basis. Because prayer, <laughs> prayer is um, not nearly as complicated as we make it out to be, and I think this is kind of my point for many of us, myself included. Prayer was introduced as this essential activity <laughs> without any clear instructions. Right? I was told, and maybe you were too, you have to do it. Praying to God is important, and you should pray about what is on your mind but you also really shouldn't pray for the silly things that are on your mind. Or you should talk to God like a friend, but also there should be some formality to it. Don't get yourself bogged down by having to say the right things, but if you're struggling for the right words, you should probably use a script or one of our old prayers that have been handed down through the generations. And so prayer becomes complicated, and it becomes a topic of discussion or even debate rather than a lived practice, which is tragic. Somehow over the course of our history of faith, we made our faith, we've made our spiritual practices, we've made our prayers, we've made our identity as something to think about, something to be processed, something to be evaluated, something to be debated or held under scrutiny, rather than something to... Dwell in, to experience, and to be nourished by. So then, even prayer, the simple practice, just being present to God, becomes complicated. It becomes evaluative, it might even become exhausting, rather than being nourishing, enriching, or unifying. And you can see this kind of thing play out by just observing Jesus's interactions with Peter and Judas in these couple of chapters here. Judas is evaluative, he's discerning, he's resistant, and we see in chapter 12, just before the passage that Matt read for us today, that he is incensed, he is frustrated, he is angered by Mary's act of generosity in the 12th chapter when she anoints Jesus's feet. very similar to this passage, when she anoints Jesus' feet with expensive perfume. Judas gets angry about it. Judas sees waste rather than devotion. So Judas turns away from Jesus' and Mary's expression of love towards his inherited devotion to authority to having a strong sense of what is right and what is wrong. So when Judas bends down to wash the disciples' feet, both Peter and Judas demonstrate some resistance. Peter's resistance is named outright, and it's really from a devotion to serving Jesus, rather than being served by Jesus. Judas's resistance is quieter. It's more in the background. have to sort of read between the lines to see it, but what the author of this Gospel tells us is that Judas had already planned to turn Jesus over. Judas's resistance is from devotion to something other than Christ. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. Peter knows himself as a disciple of Jesus, so when this new experience of Jesus serving him comes up, he resists it initially because he is a follower of Jesus. He's meant to be the servant, until Jesus offers him a new bit of information as his teacher, reminding him who he is, that he is not a servant, but he is also one who is beloved by Jesus, and so Jesus offers service to Peter as a model for how Peter might live his life. And then, without evaluation, without debate, without resistance, Peter offers not just his feet, but his whole body to be cleansed, to be washed, to be nourished, to be served by Jesus. Judas, on the other hand, says nothing and lets Jesus wash his feet, Perhaps even evaluating why Jesus would do something like this. Maybe even thinking for himself of better ways that Jesus could have been spending his time. Maybe this even proved Judas's point that Jesus was not the person that he thought he was. Jesus was supposed to be the king that had been described to him by authorities in religion, For his whole life and here he is bending down on his knee to wash feet. So whatever Judas is doing, he's not present, he's not with Jesus in the moment, he's already moving on. He's evaluated and he's ready to think about his next move and scripture describes that next move, that he would be the one to turn Jesus over to the authorities? Often when people ask me about prayer, People usually ask me why? Why we should pray, right? If God already knows the needs of every person, why do we have to say them? If God needs praise all the time, What does that say about God if he needs to be praised all the time? If God responds to one person's prayer but not to another's, does that mean that God plays favorites? And they're all good questions, right? I mean, my responses are usually simple if not exhaustive. I think it is important to name our needs to God so that we don't have to feel like we're carrying them alone. You know, God, who permeates all of existence, even in our lives, wants to carry the burden with us, but too often we hold tightly, thinking we need to manage it all by ourselves. We become our own little gods to carry all of our life on our own. For similar reasons, I think it's important to praise God. Not that God needs to be praised, but because it's important for me to remember that I'm not the center of the universe. And I think God responds to people's prayers mysteriously. And I really, I know that isn't a helpful response, but you see those questions sometimes, if we're honest, sometimes just become good excuses for us to not actually deepen or develop a habit of prayer. And that's something our mind is really good at. It creates holes in our experiences or our practices for us to obsess over, to problematize, to debate with, and to challenge, pulling us out of our heart, out of our soul, or even out of our experiences of God, and towards an evaluation of those supposed experiences of God that we have. Something I learned from another book, The Cloud of Unknowing, is that nobody's mind, nobody's mind, is powerful enough to grasp who God is. No matter how sacred, no thought, can ever promise to help you in the work of prayer, because only love, not knowledge, can help us to reach God. Only love, not knowledge, can help us reach God. Judas couldn't be present with Jesus in that upper room, really, in part because he let his evaluation get in the way of the moment that Jesus was trying to share with him. Peter on the other hand was present to Jesus, which allowed him to let go of his resistance and jump into the moment, receiving love, devotion and service from Jesus and that moment nourished Peter into the rest of his ministry where he himself would model that same character who was Peter he was a man beloved by Christ and called to share that love right when you know who you are you know what to do so I have a question for you, who are you? Similar to Peter, you are a beloved child of God. You are a friend of Jesus, with an invitation to be washed, to be nourished, to be cared for by the loving hands of Christ. And so what will you do with that identity? How might that identity impact the interactions that you have with your coworkers, with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your classmates? And if you do not yet know yourself, This is where prayer is so important. Let yourself be present to the moment. Let yourself be present to God. And maybe as you're trying to be present in this moment, name for yourself something that you are grateful for. Something as simple as the chair that you're sitting on. Or the breath that you breathe. Let that gratitude go and trust it to God. Maybe after naming something that you're grateful for, you could name for yourself something that you're concerned about or frustrated by. Let that go too. that be held by God. Let the thoughts in your mind that are resisting, that are questioning, that are challenging, hold them loosely too. Let them go alongside your concerns and your gratitudes. So that all of us, might learn to offer our whole lives alongside Peter to the love and care coming from God. And so eventually, that identity found in love might be enough for us to live fruitful lives dedicated to a better day that is to come. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.